Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Sunday afternoon. I know it's not a victory Sunday by any stretch of the imagination, but you can, if you guys are, are excited to hear the podcast today, thank our good friend and my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy, who said that he wanted something to listen to on the way the drive home from uh, Lexington. So, Ben, this one's for you. We'll, we'll, we will break with tradition and put up a Sunday podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors. We'll change it up a little bit today because of the way we do the show. I want to thank College Corner. Hopefully you're still going to consider some 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 you know MSU watch parties. Hopefully that's still on the agenda for you. And if it is, they've got you got taken care of. They can get you hooked up with all the plates, platters, tailgating equipment. Everything you need to de- decorate your house and put on the ultimate MSU watch party. And, of course, you can't do it without some maroon and white uh, logo wear on your back as well. So T-shirts, polos, everything you need to look like the Bulldog fan that you are. It's available to, for you at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems right now knows that, hey, business needs to be working for you. We're getting closer and closer to the holiday season, to the end of the fiscal year for a lot of you businesses out there. You don't have time to be wasting and losing money. So find out what 45 years of experience can do helping your business succeed. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel T. Coleman. I know. There's no woo? Woo! Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's, when I say the whole name, I want a woo. I'm already in business mode. Over I there. hear you. Well, Joel, i got to be honest with you. I don't know what you're about to say. i got no clue where you're going to go with this. i got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm seconds away from saying it. I'm not 100% sure what I'm fixing to say. Well, Joel, the people, they don't want to know. They need to know, Joel. After Mississippi State is humbled by Kentucky 24-2 to in Lexington. Joel T. Coleman, what is causing all that? I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's not good. So it's, a, it's, an audio, it's an audio medium. Here. I know. Mississippi State, right now, for whatever reason, doesn't have the personnel to pull off what Mike Leach is wanting to do. Okay. And for now... That means we're going to have a disagreement later in the show. That's what's causing all that. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have the capability, the personnel that he has, but right now, for whatever reason, they don't have the personnel to do it. And and some are more at fault than others. He's right in what Mike Leach said on, on Saturday night after the game. Way too often, Mississippi State up front is getting... Five men are getting beat by three. That can't happen. With regularity. I agree. I'm okay with it every now and then. Junk happens. I get it. You got some weird splits. Okay. It's happening way too often. Which then trickles down into problem number two, 
which is KJ Costello. I mean, you, you just can't keep running him out there at this point. And I know he didn't. You know, he went to Will Rogers and Will threw a couple picks of his own. But I mean, if you're good for at least a turnover a quarter, uh, uh-uh. I mean, you got to do something different. Uh, he continued to make bad decisions. Continued to, I don't know, not see the field as well as he needed to see it, or think he could make throws that he couldn't make. I don't know, man. Then you got receivers. You got plagued by drops again. I mean, you had, uh, I guess it was Justin Wally could have had a touchdown catch off his hands. Pick. Um, was it Osiris that Will's throw was yeah. to that got ripped away from him? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I mean, kind of got a hold on there or something. I mean, you, you can put some of that blame on receiver. I mean, at, at pretty much every single, pretty much every single component of the team had failure. There was failure everywhere. And so this is kind of – I guess I want to go back a little bit because maybe he does have personnel because I, 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 I kind of felt like against Arkansas you could basically hang the whole game on KJ Costello. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like with Kentucky, there's nobody that could walk in that door that you couldn't hang some blame on offensively. Yeah. I mean, And it's tough to say what's causing all that because there was so much causing all that. And it was basically everyone on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe even Mike Leach included. Maybe maybe you hung oh, with KJ Costello, you know, too long. Although putting Will in, that's not fair to Will to expect him to go in there and just be Joe Montana or anything. But I don't know, man. State's in a heck of a spot after three games of the Mike Leach era. I think it's way too early. For everybody to be freaking out, fire Mike Leach and everything like that. I mean, it's three games in after a uh, a nine months that none of us have ever seen. These guys didn't get a spring. These guys had to go through some weird preparations and getting to learn the system and getting to learn their coaches and coaches getting to learn them. But, man, one and two and the one team you beat, you, you thought at the time you did something. That LSU team, they may hang a three and seven or worse mm-hmm. before this thing's up. You didn't beat. It's tough. It's weird saying this about the defending national champions, but you didn't beat much of anybody there. Um, I don't know. You know, I hate to I hate to do that to you guys for what's causing all that, but it's to the juncture where you, you can't really point at one thing and say that's what's causing all that. There's multiple holes in the pirate ship. You're not wrong. You're certainly not wrong about that. There's a lot, a lot going on there. A lot of, of problems, a lot of questions that need to be answered. I, I don't know that this team this year can answer them. Well, we're going to talk about that. That's a that's, that's a way to set me up there. Let's move on into our next topic brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who want you to know that if you're headed to Starkville this weekend, you want to put something uh, good to eat together, they can take care of you. They can put together, they can cook you up a whole tenderloin, strip loin, whole ribeye, whatever it is. Just place your order by Wednesday, and they can get that to you for the weekend. Or, of course, if you just need to come by and pick up a couple of steaks of your own or some burgers, roast, whatever it is, they've got it there for you. And, of course, you can always handle a special order as well, which I'll be hitting them up for uh, next week when we're not when state's off. I'm going to do a little cooking out that weekend. So, Whatever's going on in your life that you need to cook for, Welcome Home Beef has a solution for you. You need to give them a call today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. Unlike 
the bitter taste of defeat. Welcome Home Beef will tell you for sure. It just tastes good. All right. I got, these are the things that are true. I got 14 of them today. 14 things. In case you're wondering, I haven't been giving you this this, this disclaimer the past couple weeks. All of these things are 100% true. As of we said, as we sit here at this moment on the earth, as we spin around the sun, these things are true. So let's just get right into it. <laughs> and if the first thing that's true is a mea culpa. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, folk people. Uh, I've been doing this. Po- I've been podcasting now since uh, fall of 2013. I'm sorry, no, 2011. 2011 is when I started the the first uh, the first days on Bulldog Sports Radio. And in that time, I have made a ton of predictions. A ton of projections, those things of that nature, and I've always tried my best to to do. You know, I, I don't I don't do hot takes. I, I you know I give you what if I make a prediction, that's what I think, and it's, it's honest and it's real and it's what I think. And I've been wrong, and you know, you're going to be wrong in this business. You know, I'm not a professional handicapper. I'm not a, a psychic or a fortune teller. I'm certainly not God. And as long, when you're wrong, you got to admit that you're wrong. And guys, I have never, ever, ever, ever been more wrong than what I was about this football team and what it, what it actually was going to be. The funny thing about it is, is my prediction for this team is 100% spot on right this second. I had them 1-2 after three games. Had them losing to LSU, beating Arkansas, losing to Kentucky. Overall record is the same, but I never would have ever, ever guessed that it was the offense that was the reason this team was losing football games. Never. Joel and I spent months telling you, offensively they're going to be fine, defensively they're in a lot of trouble. It is the exact opposite. Exact opposite. The defense might actually be one of the best in the country. (laughs) And before you say anything, I know that, you know, the sample size of this, that, and the other. But when you're holding teams to 150 yards, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You're good. You're good. You're, you're still holding SEC caliber talent to 150 yards. If you play like the, the analytical game, right, and you say, let's look at the scoring and how, how they got there, right? Against LSU, there was a pick six. There was a fumble deep in state territory that the defense got a three and out and they converted to field goal. Yep. Take 10 points off. 24 points, right? Arkansas, give them 14 points, right? So that's... Uh, 38 points, and then last night, same thing, 10 points. Take a, They gave up 10 points. They had a pick six, and Kentucky had an interception they took down to the three, three and out, but or they gave up a touchdown, but what can you do? It's yeah. on the three-yard line. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not holding the defense to that. So that's 10 more points, right? So they've given up 48 points on the season. Mississippi State's offense has given up 21 points. Yeah. I've never been more wrong. Might as well say twenty-eight points because yeah. I mean because the, the, the other one, yeah. I've never been more wrong about anything, never. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you planned anything off of me, but man, I was wrong. Yeah, number- it, and it was even fueled by. Look, I think all of us going into that game at LSU knew LSU taking a step back. There was no way they couldn't have taken a step back given what they lost. But all of us. For the most part, after that LSU game, thought LSU was at least you know a six and four, seven and three type team, right? And they're not, right? And and so that has obviously plays into right. how wrong we were as well. Yeah. Here, here's what the SEC is this year: 
Alabama's one, Georgia's two, and I, we'll find out who the better one is Saturday because they play each other. And then you've got Vanderbilt's the worst. And then everybody else is somewhere in between. They're actually pretty good to – they're not very good, but they're dangerous. They could beat you if you're not careful. And, like, State and South Carolina are on the back end of that. And Missouri is on the back end of that. In the middle is, you know, Auburn and Ole Miss and Arkansas. Florida is actually good. Texas A&M is pretty good. But they're not – they have flaws, and they're not going to win a national title or anything like that. Yeah. So. Number two, I disagree with you about the personnel. You do? Yeah. It's the turnovers. It's the turnovers. You can't throw six interceptions in a game and expect to win. You can't have 11 interceptions through three games and expect to win. You can't have two touchdowns. One gets knocked, one of the receiver just can't catch and it goes up in the air and it gets picked off. One, a receiver catches it, he's going into the end zone and it gets stripped from him. I, I know. It shouldn't have been an interception, by the way. That should have been a fumble. fumble. But regardless of that, it's the turnovers. Now, I don't know how you clean that up. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how to do that. But it's not the system, and it's not the personnel. It's the turnovers. But if the personnel, your quarterback, right. and your receivers, you know, like balls going through hands yeah. and getting ripped out of hands, and that's the personnel committing but, those mistakes. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but that, those are just mistakes. It's not that you don't have the players to run the system. It's that your players are making mistakes. They're causing turnovers. But if your players continue to make mistakes, then it's the players. We're having two different discussions here. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Mississippi State has talented enough players to run this system. They have enough players to do it. But they keep making mistakes. It's, it's not a talent issue. So that's what I, when I hear you say it's personnel, I, I, it's not a talent issue. It's an execution issue. It, it's, it's, you cannot... At some point, though, I if mean, the talent cannot execute, yeah. then the talent isn't as good as you think. I mean, I agree with that that to an extent. But, again, overall, I mean, this is this team is more talented than most of his Washington State teams. And I agree. I know that they're playing, you know. But, I mean, is Kentucky that much more talented than the average Pac-12 team? No. Yeah. No. It's Arkansas? No. No. It's the turnovers. You can't... I mean, uh, we were talking last night about you know this has got to be some 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 sort of historic loss in terms of how, how many yards Kentucky had and they still won and what Terry Wilson's line looked at. But I'll guarantee, I, I'm willing to guarantee, and I don't know for a fact, but I, I'm willing to make that that pledge that no team has thrown six interceptions and won a game. Be awful. awful I mean, I, I would love to see that. I want to watch that game. That must have been an exciting football game. It's the turnovers. There are guys open. And when you look at the way this team, you know, moves the football, you know, they had 70 passes, right? But 45 completions. So let's let's take the the attempts is, is irrelevant to me. 45 completions for 270 some odd yards, right? If those are rushing attempts and you got 45 carries for 270 yards, nobody's mad. I don't have a problem with the dinking and the dunking. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Because, I, what do I say? Yards are yards. I don't care. If you were just handing the ball off just, and getting five or six yards, nobody would care. It just looks different than it's It just looked. looks different. Yeah. The problem is the turnovers, and especially the turnovers that are turning into points. Yeah, it's one thing on third and long, you throw the ball down the field and it gets picked up. Okay. But when you hand them the ball in the red zone, 
when you when you make mistakes that lead to points directly. I mean, pick sixes. You can't. The state has three pick sixes. I, I want to go back to the last like four or five years. How many pick sixes have they had? You know, it's not it's not a lot. Yeah. It's the turnovers. I don't know how to correct it, and that's not my job. Thank God. But that's what it is. That is the biggest thing for Mississippi State. If they had oh, no, it is absolutely the biggest. If thing. they had no turnovers in these last three games, it'd be three and zero. No question about it. They'd be three and zero. But until the personnel proves to me that they can make the corrections to not make those turnovers, mm-hmm. it's tough to just sit here and say, "Well, they got the right personnel that can do it." They have. They have personnel that can do it. They're just not doing it. No, I mean anybody can come in here and podcast. We can just get two people off the street. Hey. Talk. Well, it's pretty obvious since I'm here. I'm just saying. But not everybody can do it. You know, we'll get there. Though. All right. Number three, I don't remember a bigger life comes at you fast moment than KJ Costello has gone through. This guy, I hope nobody, I hope nobody listening to the show put money on him winning the Heisman after week one. I hope you didn't, because that money, you could just go ahead and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> this guy was, he set an SEC passing record. He won every. Award there was that you could possibly win as an offensive football player, even national awards. National awards. Yeah, he was the talk of the town. He was, you know, people were saying this guy's going to be top draft pick, and he are one of the you know top quarterbacks going, and he's going to possibly be going to New York, and he's going to break all these records. And now I don't know if he should start on Saturday. I don't know either. I have I have no idea. I think he's hurt. That's my my first thought. He's, I don't. I think he's look at the way he's throwing the ball. There's no well, zip on the ball. He's throwing off his back foot. He, I mean, there's one thing to like slide, but the, the 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 pass, the play last night where he takes off running and he's got the first. All he's got to do is like take two more steps. And he's gonna get a first down. He's two yards past the line of scrimmage, and he doesn't. He doesn't want to take a hit. That's two things. That's either not wanting to take a hit or it has been drilled into him since he became a quarterback that you are a pro-style quarterback, get rid of the ball, don't run. There's no way it's it's what you're saying because no NFL team would draft you. NFL teams are going to watch that play and go, no chance. Well, I mean, if you're right, though, I mean, he had plenty of room to get the first and slide before anybody was around him. I think he's hurt. I think something's not right with him. But I don't, I don't know what it is, Yeah. but he's not right. I mean, look at the way he's throwing the ball. There's no zip on the passes. The ball was the ball had zip against LSU. Yeah, it did. And what the reason I originally said I don't know if he's hurt when you said that he was was just because because we saw some of this turnover crap at LSU. Yeah, it was just Bo Pelini insisted on continuing to play man. Yeah. And, Again, and, and you kept burning them you can anyway. Throw two interceptions when you, you throw, throw for six hundred yards yes. and five touchdowns. You can. Right now, if State had 20 interceptions at the end of the year, but pull, but he had thrown, thrown for 6,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, nobody would care. Yeah. Nobody would care. Something's wrong with him. Beyond, he's just not making these plays. Because this is not the guy. I mean, Stanford, this guy, he was an efficient passer. I know it's a totally different offense, but I just, I just, something's not right. Something, it's, it's, but there's something not right between his ears or with his body. I don't know which it is. But well, some of it may go down to the, if what you're saying is true too, and he doesn't want to take a hit, or he's hurt, or I mean, consistently five guys getting beat by three, that we'll can talk, that can uh, get twenty, me, 20 years on the list. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> Number four, you got to take off the training wheels at some point. And what I mean by that is this: you you got kids, and mm-hmm. you, you were a kid. You you rode a bike, right? You get a I bike, did. you get the training wheels. 
You ride around until you feel comfortable, and then they take the training wheels off, right? There are some kids, they don't ever, they don't want to get comfortable. They want to keep those training wheels on. And eventually, as a parent, you just have to go, no, they're coming off today. You're going to learn, you're going to ride your bike. Mike Leach has got to take the training wheels off. And what I mean by that is, you're going to have to start giving away some of these checkdowns. You're going to have to start calling plays where guys are going downfield. All of them. And just tell Costello or whoever's back there, be like, you're going to have to make a play. Put a 50-50 ball up there and make our, let our guy make a play for it. We got Shavers and Mitchell. We got some big receivers. Throw it up there for him. But you gotta take, you're going to have to take it away. It's like you can't let him have the guy in the middle of the field that he can just dump it down to. You're going to have to take some shots. And you're going to have to call plays to do that. Don't tell me there's not a four verts in the playbook. There is. Don't tell me that you can't tell Kylan Hill to stay in and block so we have an extra guy so at least it's now it's six on three. Maybe that'll work. Everybody can double-team one guy. <laughs> but you're going to have to do that if you're Mike Leach. You're going to have to say, yeah, I'm, you're not saying change the playbook. I'm not saying change anything. I'm just saying call the plays that get down the field. Call plays where the, the, the shortest route is a you know, 12, 13-yard square in or something like that. It's got to happen. You have got to make these guys – got to take the training wheels off. you got to make them throw the ball down the field because they're not taking – I know that those passes are out there. I know that they're not just running a couple of little short routes and the other two guys are blocking. They're going downfield, but they're just not looking for them. You're going to have to make them look. I'm trying to remember. Did... Say they had one play plus 20 last night, I believe. How many shots did they take, though? No, like, the, the one, two. That... The interception was a shot. The shot, the throw, the throw to Osiris in the end zone is, yeah. a, is a shot. Maybe three or four. Not many. I mean, you, can't, you can't have that. Not many, especially when you especially consider when how many attempts when they're just you have. Putting you every, you got to take some shots down the field. You got to take the training wheels off. Number five. I mean, like, really, Joe probably took more shots. Yes, yes, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, but yes. Uh, number five. It's more of a question here, but why can't the running backs catch the ball while they're facing forward? It seems like every catch a running back makes, he's got his back to the field, he takes the pass, and then he has to turn around. They, they're not hitting these guys in stride. You know, that's what a running back is supposed to do. Catch the ball in stride, use your elusiveness and your athleticism to get free. Instead, you're having guys that are having to spin back into the field to play to, to, to do anything. And I don't understand what's going on there. That's, that's one of my biggest things. If, if Kylan Hill's going to have 15 catches, Kylan Hill should have 150 yards. He should at least be over 100. He had, what, 79? Is that right? I have the stats right here. All right, yeah. Kylan Hill had 15 catches for 79 yards. Now, if he has 15 carries for 79 yards, I'm cool. But catches, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense as long as catch was 12 yards. So, yeah. just... It does, it, I just don't get it. I don't get what you're doing there. It also feels like every carry state gets it's the same play. It is the same play. It's like just over little, and over and over. They have they have a couple. They have like a, a quick handoff. For, it's quick for them, and then they have a, the the draw plays. Yeah. But there is no when the quarterback turns. Hill has like two yards. He's already started going downhill a little bit, yeah. and you hand him the ball. That doesn't. That's not in the playbook, and that's why you're you're getting stuffed on third and one, fourth and one. So, Costello's lack of awareness last night was incredible. Going back to that though, the 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 play where I mentioned the fourth down play where he he thinks they've jumped off sides so he decides to take a shot you can't do that if you don't see the flag you gotta you gotta assume that they are not calling it just his awareness is is so bad right now 
That's why it's something. Something's not right with him. Beyond, I'm not playing well. Maybe I've just played too much Madden, NCAA, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of feel like if if teams are going to continually play drop eight on mm-hmm. you, like they I guess are, mm-hmm. like you should literally get at least five yards every play. You would think. You would think. Number six. There's an easy solution to this. His name is Garrett Schrader. Oh, that ain't going to happen, buddy. Let, will you let me read my things? <laughs> That's the easy solution, though, right? As soon as he's on the field, they have to change the defense. They can't drop eight because as soon as he takes a snap, he's going to look at one reading and he's going to take off running. And he's going to get seven, eight yards. And he's certainly not going to come up short. He's going to lower his shoulder. That's the easiest solution. You ran, if you ran Garrett Schrader out there and said you're the starting quarterback next week, Texas A&M would have to completely change what they want to do defensively. Completely change it. Number seven, that's not happening. So I've seen people talking about it on message boards. On It's not happening. I saw Willie Gay talking about it. Of all people, it's not happening. Coaches would rather win their own way or lose their own way than win somebody else's. Mike Leach is the ultimate of that. He ain't changing a thing. I'm surprised a meme hasn't been tweeted yet. If it happened, I missed it. It's not going to happen. So stop talking about it. I feel like Nick Saban. You know, it's not, I'm not going to. So stop asking. <laughs> but that's the easy solution. Schrader comes out there the first he would he would have if in Schrader's first five plays he'd have seventy yards rushing, and they would just be like timeout, change it up, bring another defensive lineman in. We're gonna have to play some man, and then you figure it out. And and I, I, don't, I refuse to believe that his arm is so bad that he can't make some of these throws. I just he, he's not. Gonna I, do I don't it. think he'd throw eleven interceptions in one in you know three weeks. Well, that's what I was gonna say is. He he could literally not do any worse than what State has seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So six and seven are sort of tied together. I, now that said, I mean I, I will grant KJ in that Garrett Schrader couldn't have made the throws he made week one. Mm-hmm. You know against man coverage at LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't think Garrett makes a lot of those plays. I don't either. But the last couple of weeks in particular, yeah, Garrett. Yeah, he, there to. is zero chance he could have done any worse. You're right. And he would have given you the the run option, which. It doesn't really pro- exist. It's probably why he's not doing it, because yeah. they don't want the run option. Which is which is counterintuitive to Leach saying that yards are yards. If yards are yards, then put the guy in there who can get yards. You know? I feel like the, you've seen Moneyball. It's like you don't want to buy you know players. You want to buy wins, and to buy wins, you have to buy runs. It's the same thing here. To buy wins, you have to buy touchdowns. You have to buy r- yards. You, you got a guy who can get you yards. Would the air raid not be more effective if you? I had would a, think. I would think. We talked about the other day of like if you had like a Michael Vick. Yeah. Who you know as soon as those guys that you had to account for. Yeah. That I, well, this goes back to something Moorhead used to say about how the, the the quarterback being a running threat gave you the extra guy. Yeah. You know that's he's right because right now d- defensively, you just I mean you can take KJ or Will out of the equation. Yeah. The, you, you've got you know you've got five guys to worry about. Yes. That's all you have. You don't have anybody else to worry about past the line of scrimmage. And it's, I mean, it's eight on five. Yeah. It's what it is. Every play. Yeah. Because. Well, it's 11 on five. The three guys, you know, the linemen are. Yeah. That's, that's stuff, fair. So. Uh, number, uh, number eight. Yeah, I'm not buying the Will Rogers hype. I'm not going to buy it. All right. This is a guy. That's just people wanting something. A change. That's what people just wanting a change. I get that. But there's been so much talk about, oh, he's the future of the program. What was his best offer coming out of high school? I'm pretty sure it was Mississippi State. 
Well, he, he, yeah. He also had the Washington State offer. Which is a better offer, Mississippi State or Washington State? Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. It's Mississippi State. You know, I mean, I get that he, you know, was recruited by Leach and he ran this kind of system in high school. I get that. But this is not some can't-miss prospect kid. He, I don't think he's the future of the program. I think Sawyer Robertson is the future. And I won't be surprised if next year Sawyer Robertson is the starting quarterback for this team. Because that's that's a guy who's, you know, built to run this. So, you know, I always feel like with a backup, you bring him in, and look, what was the score when he comes in? 14-2? to two? You're still very much in the football game. And nothing changed. The offense looked exactly the same. You know, yeah, he took the, he took the chance with Osiris, and I'll give him that, and it, it didn't pay off. But beyond that, I mean, nothing changed. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise, but I, I will play the other side here in that I'm just saying you just don't know based on what you saw. I don't know. I mean, I didn't it, see anything that made me go, okay. The kid, the kid is still obviously extremely young. Uh, yeah, I agree. He didn't have a spring. Sure. Um. He didn't play the last couple of weeks for unreported reasons. Right. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you just kind of get chunked in there 10 quarters into a season. I mean, I, and, and your team's kind of already in oh crap mode. But did you That's, see even did you, I mean, one, I guess what I'm saying is, what did you expect the kid to do? Did you see even one throw that made you go, okay, you got something here? I don't know, but I, I didn't see any that I thought. Oh, it didn't oh I saw this guy. the 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 one he threw before he got pulled, where he's trying to roll out. He throws it right into the Kentucky guy's chest, and he just dropped it. I didn't. I, yeah, but I'm saying that with that, you could account that to the fact that the kid is literally playing his I, first I ever that. action. I, when 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 Fitzgerald first took 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 a snap. You know, it's like his first, first couple of he threw like a 70-yard bomb. Yeah, but like, that, wasn't that no, against... No, no, it doesn't matter. I'm saying I just saw a flash of something. When Garrett Schrader's, his first couple plays, I was like, okay, this kid can play a little. I didn't see anything from Will Rogers that made me go, okay, you got something there. Uh, it's, it's different situations. I, I guess. But it's still, you know, freshmen coming in in their first action... And I'm just not. And I, and I'm not even wrong. I'm not saying he had to lead them back to win, but I just want to see a couple plays where I'm like, it, it, my eyes go up a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's a good play. I didn't have that. Maybe it maybe goes back to what I said earlier. I don't know if the ten guys around him are the ten guys that can help. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Uh, where are we? Number nine. I don't. I, I'm not saying Will Rogers is going to be good. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I don't think you can take anything away from Kentucky that says he's not going to be good. We'll see. He might start this weekend. We'll find out for sure. Number nine, the offensive line should just be embarrassed. Yep. Absolutely embarrassed. It doesn't make – this of all the things that you I've tried to wrap my head around, the fact that five guys can't block three is mine. I cannot the, – the, 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 the video going around Twitter of James Jackson just basically not touching anybody as K.J. Costello gets pressured and throws the pick six, it's incredible. How can five not block three? I mean, I would be willing to think that five teenage girls <laughs> could block, could just get impede for a second three fully grown men. <laughs> you know, they could at least trip one of them up. That's embarrassing to, to see that. Five on three, and they're just consistently getting pressure on you. You should be embarrassed. 
You know, and I don't know what Mason Miller has to do. I know some people talk about the splits, and it's difficult. You know, with these with the athletes in the SEC. I don't care SEC. what the splits are. I don't Five care. On three. Five on three it means two guys can get double teamed, and one guy just has to win. Five on three, and these five weigh, you know, an average of around three hundred. They're pounds. SEC athletes. Yeah, Charles Cross is a five star kid. Quintavious Johnson is a four star kid. Uh, you know, Cole Smith was highly recruited. I mean, and it doesn't make any sense. That's embarrassing. Again, turnover. If you're trying to turn the ball over and you can't block, I don't really care what the offensive scheme is. I don't care what kind of personnel you have. If that can't happen, you can't win. You cannot win the football game. And you can and you can have one or the other. Now, the offensive line isn't great, but we take good care of the ball. Got a chance to win. Hey, our offensive line is fantastic, but we do turn it over a little bit. Hey, you still probably got a chance to win. Both. Just oh, don't, well, I mean, don't play. That's another thing. For KJ and Will both, I mean, they're screwed. You, you got you you don't trust your five to yeah, block three, three. And so now I have to find a receiver to throw to, and there's eight guys covering my five. It goes, goes back you, to what I said about those, the intermediate totally routes. Screwed. Taking this training wheels off. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't because you can't block long enough for a guy to take a five-step drop and look down the field. That's probably the biggest reason. I mean, that's why, if you want to look at why State apparently can't, play against zone or whatever that's why yeah i mean it's not this it's the fact five can't block three and i don't get it no you're right it's 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 incredible to watch how bad that is and especially the offensive line was something we talked about should be a strength got a lot of talent there recruited well there no not a strength not at all let's talk about what is a strength uh, if you guys are still number 10, do you guys still follow Brett Hudson on Twitter? If you do, you know he covers Alabama now. And you know that last night his mentions were full of when are we going to fire our defensive coordinator at Alabama? Well, I've got a name for you. His name is Zach Arnett. And I believe he will be the next defensive coordinator at Alabama. <laughs> He's going to have his choice of jobs. <laughs> that guy is good. I had no thought in my... We talked about, like, what if this defense could just be 8th or ninth in the conference? They're 2nd! They have 150 yards! And and for those that are like, well, yeah, but you hadn't really played it. LSU's 3rd in the conference in total offense. Kentucky rushed for 400 yards on Ole Miss. Kentucky is, I think, leads... I think maybe leads the conference in rushing. Maybe not after last night, but maybe yeah. not after last night. But they're close to it. They're good, yeah. I'll grant you Arkansas is not much offensively, but... They move, can move the football. They moved it against Auburn. Yeah. This defense is really, really good. They're going to finish in the top half. They may finish in the top five and finish with a team that's two and eight. Zach Arnett, I don't think he's long for Starkville. The guy's just too good. He's a rising star. He'll be a, a big. He'll be at a, a huge program in the next year or so, and then he'll be a head coach somewhere. And in a rare moment of what I thought was honest honesty, uh, I asked Errol last night after the game. Um, Basically, did you guys in practice and things leading into the season? Because this is kind of shocking to a lot of people how good this defense is. Like, did you guys kind of see this? And I, Errol, I thought I can't remember word for word, but basically he's like, didn't think we'd be this good, kind of thing. So I think yeah. even even they they've been caught by surprise a little bit. Even I think they thought they could be yeah. solid. I think they're impressing even themselves. Yeah, at this young. I mean, every Tyrus Wheat, that guy's a stud. Jordan Davis is really good. I thought Emmanuel Forbes played well last night. He should have had a had a uh, a safety there. Um, you know, obviously Martin Emerson is playing really well. They tackle well. 
They get they they swarm to the ball. They get after the quarterback. They cause pressure. They're doing everything right. There's so many. You don't have a bunch of first rounders out there on defense, no. but there's so many parallels to 2020 and 2018. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I'll tell you what, this defense. I mean, everything that's bad about the offense, the defense is equally good. If the offense was just normal, I mean. Which, How many times did we say that in 2018? That's what I'm telling well, yeah. you. Like, what, there's what so we many parallels. If, if you had scored 29 points a game in the regular season, you would have been undefeated. Same thing here. You know? It's just... I, I can't I can't get over how good they are. And that's that was what number 11 was, is how good the defense is. It's incredible. It really is something to watch. Um, I feel bad for them. I mean, right now... Because at least in 2018, you can move the ball a little Who's bit. Who's number one? You said they were number Georgia. two. Okay. Or at least they were as of you know yesterday. I mean, there's... Okay, I guess you'd take them, but is there anybody that just slam dunk you'd rather have the other defense over State? Well, I'd rather have some other defense's talent with Zach Arnett yeah. coaching it. I wouldn't mind having Florida or, or LSU's or, uh, or, or, or Alabama's talent with Zach Arnett coaching it. So from a talent perspective, yeah. But in terms of the whole package, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. See what happens this week. A&M's a good offense. We'll see what happens. If, if, he, if he shuts them down, I'm at the point now where I think they're good regardless. But if he shuts them down, I'm going to be like, okay. They're really good. They're really good. And if they had any kind of offense, they would be a really good team. Number 12. And we've talked about this one before on the show. But you have to lose in style. If you have an Ole Miss friend today, they're probably ecstatic about their football team. Now, they gave up 63 points and 723 yards of offense. Did you see this stat, by the way, about the projected offense versus how, how much, how many yardage, yeah, how, how many much yards they Alabama, could have gotten? So here's the stat in case yeah. you missed it: Alabama had 11 possessions. They scored a touchdown on nine of them, which means from where they got the ball to where the drive ended was in the end zone. They got every yard they could have. They had one drive where they fumbled at the one, so they didn't get one yard on that drive. They had another drive where they punted at the 40. So of 700, they had an opportunity to gain 763 yards, and they gained 720 yards or something like that. So they only missed out on 40 yards of offense in the entire game. That is historically bad defense. But Ole Miss fans don't care because they put up 48 points, and they look like they can move the football, and they feel like they're going to be in every game. They have the, they have the same record as State. They've beaten Kentucky. State's beaten LSU. But Ole Miss fans are excited about their program in the future, and Mississippi State fans are not. Why? Because State lost 24-2, and Ole Miss lost 63-48. Simple as that. You can't lose games like this if you want to keep people... You can lose. If State had lost 45-42 last night, everybody's like, well, no problem. Defense came back down to earth. Defense came back down to earth. The the offense is moving. There's hope. they got to figure it out. But that's not what happened. You lose 24 to 2, and everybody's like, I'm not coming to Starkville again this year. Like, I'm going to sell my season tickets. I'm not I'm not coming back. And I mean, people are saying that. So Well, a little bit of that is just who Mike Leach is billed as. Right. Well, that's, a, that's two in a row. Two in a row. Two in a row. You know who the biggest Mike Leach fan in the world is? John Cohen. John Cohen. I love you, John. I know you're listening. But two football coach hires don't go right. It's tough for athletic directors to stick around after that. He needs Mike Leach to turn this around. Now, I don't know if he can do it this year. That's what we're about to finish up with here. But, man, they, 
you can't hire two guys in a row and say these guys are offensive innovators and then you are worse offensively than you were before. Simple as that. How much of a how much of a pass does does Mike Leach get on this year given what he's had to go through the last nine months with no spring, with everything that has happened? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Have we lost sight of how weird that has to have been? We have a little bit, but other teams are other teams have to do it too. Other teams are and they're moving the football, but he lost his chance at a pass when they threw for six hundred and twenty-three yards on LSU. Th- th- that that ended it. It almost would have been better had the offense stunk all three games. Yeah. If they just been bad all three games and be like, well, it's, it's and it's you were sitting some, here, at it's going to take time. Oh, and three would actually probably people would would yeah. be able to make more sense of it. In or if mind. you just beat Arkansas, you know, and not you could lose to LSU, but beat Arkansas. Yeah, right. Like, well, you know, Kentucky was predicted to be a good team. Yeah. It's weird, but you're right. State would be better off at 0 3 in terms of perception, which, of course, is reality. <laughs> but yeah, it's just when you throw for 623 yards and you score 44 points and you look like that and you get all those accolades and you do a video about being on the bandwagon, well, then you lose your chance to have a pass. Yeah, simple as that. He was, he, could have, he was having a pass. People would have not said anything on Friday, September the 25th. On Sunday, September the 27th, he lost the ability to get a pass this year. It's just, it, it just sucks, but that's the way life is for him. So because I, he did what he did in week one, yeah. did everybody expect eight and two now? And yeah. so everything. Oh, everybody sucks. was like, oh, this team could win seven, eight games. And now, you, now that that's gone, yeah. I guess it's not gone. You can, we can win the rest of them, but. Number 13, I don't see the season ending well. Right now, I mean, State's probably an underdog in every game they play the rest of the year except for Vanderbilt, right? Even the Egg Bowl, even Missouri. Missouri is probably tight, but it's t- it's after tight. what they, I gotta see how Missouri does the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, and and of course, the, what's the common denominator for Missouri playing well? Is they played LSU. LSU. Um, but right now, I mean, after the LSU game, I was thinking maybe they can win seven. Uh, now I don't know. Now I don't know if they'll win more than three. Uh, the Egg Bowl right now, if you said Brian give me a line, I would think Ole Miss is at least a seven point favorite in that game. That's going to be interesting because Ole Miss can't st- Ole Miss literally can't stop anybody, and Ole Miss State's defense is good. So you know you go up there and you think, okay, you know you got a chance, but they're playing better than Mississippi State is right now. Corral is playing better than Costello is, and they're more confident. Than they're, State, and they're right? a lot more confident than Mississippi State is right now. Uh, but that said, fourteen, I think it can work long term. I think you got to get through this year. But when you start recruiting guys like Sawyer Robertson and Teddy Knox and Malik Neighbors, and maybe you can flip Deion Smith. You're going to be okay, you know. As you as as Mike Leach attracts offensive talent, which he will do in the recruiting process, you're going to be okay, you know. And defensively, if you could, you, I would renegotiate with Zach Arnett now. Be like, here's a five year deal or four year. I guess you can only give him four, but here's a four year deal. You're making two and a half million a year. You know, whatever the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country is, you've got the money. I know you do. Well, after the last, you've got the nine money. Months, you've got the I, money. Okay. There's always money for football. True. I don't know about other sports. There's always money for football, so I think it can work long term. I'm not. I'm. I'm not jumping off or jumping on bandwagons here. But Mike Leach has always won. He's a good coach. He he's won more than he's lost. He's always he's always figured it out. So I'm not. I'm not tapping out on that yet. This isn't like Moorhead where you were like, maybe this guy's in over his head. Mike Leach has been a head coach for 20 years. Well, not only is Mike Leach done this before. I mean, he struggled early on at his tenure. It, yeah, his first team in Washington State was bad. It went 3-9. and nine. You know, the problem, the difference was they were still able to score a little bit. They were just really bad defensively. 
And that's somebody tweeted us like it's the first time in his career he's got a great defense and he can't score. So it's really weird. It's really weird. There you go. That was it. That's that's all. That's fourteen. What do you make of the? Uh, Got to purge some of the roster comments. Uh I mean it's, it's very Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not much for for uh, you know take that pirate metaphor. He, he doesn't have a problem throwing people overboard, making them walk the plank, making them walk the plank a little bit. I, Want to see who it is, you know? You know, I, I guess I, I sit on the side of who hasn't played for a coach at some point that didn't say something like, "If you don't want to be here, leave." Like if you you yeah. know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely some hyperbole in that. He's not looking to run people off. You need guys. You can't you can't just tell 20 guys not to show up next week. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, he's got to find out who's it's going to be the guys that are willing to play are going to play. So, you know, that that eight-man rotation they've been running of receivers might turn into six. And, you know, you I don't think anybody on the defense is a problem unless they're unless they're just saying, "Hey, you guys suck and we're trying you're killing us out there." Which is, you know, you don't want that. You want everybody to be on the same page. But, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would imagine in the next week or so, we're going to start, you know, you're going to say, hey, whatever happened to so-and-so? I didn't play anymore. Well, for that, I mean, because there, there is a segment of fans that's like, well, here he goes blaming the players and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm okay with a coach that's like, you know, if you're going to whine, complain, yeah. be a troublemaker, and you don't want to be here, then don't be here. I'm okay if, with a coach. If, if the coach is making obvious mistakes and then he's blaming the players, I don't like that. But when the players are screwing up, you know, this, in this world, when you screw up, you have to be held accountable. And I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want a coach that's gonna coddle those guys. Now I'm not saying he needs to be a jerk. I don't want Greg Marshall or Bobby Knight out there punching players and stuff. But you got to tell those guys, hey, I hold you accountable. If you can't play, if you can't have the right attitude, you can't. You can't be on the team. I don't have an issue with that. Yep. Me personally, you know, there's a line. What he said was not over the line. I, I, that's where I'm at too. All right. Enough about that. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, time for Coffee is for Closers, brought to you by the good folks over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. If you do head up to Starville this weekend, please swing by and give them some of your business. I know a lot of you have been doing that recently. A lot of listeners have been telling us, hey, head to Strange Brew, head into Churn and Spoon. We appreciate that. We know that you guys are getting great service and great drinks. And, of course, you know, it's fall, so it's pumpkin spice season over there. A lot of nutmeg, a lot of cinnamon happening. You like, are you, do you like actual pumpkin pie? I know you're not big on sweets, but is uh, it like Thanksgiving Day? Will you have a piece of pumpkin I'm, pie? I'm not a big pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. Guy. I like sweet potato pie now. I'm okay. all in on that. Well, you can put pumpkin spice into sweet potato pie. You can, yeah. So, sweet potato pie or sweet potato casserole for Joel Coleman. Either one, anything sweet potato, I'm all in on. But sweet potato casserole, at least you can count that as like that's a side. Yeah, I'm not eating dessert. Even though it's covered in marshmallows, I'm not eating dessert. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'd go casserole just because of that reason. Yeah. Like in my mind, I didn't I have dessert. Sure. Yeah, yeah, two elbows of sweet potato casserole. Ah, that's a side. I had turkey with it. <laughs> All right, head over to Strange Brew. Check them out. Highway 12 uh, and University Drive, and of course Brupolo over in Tupelo. Uh, nobody on the offensive side of the ball, players or coaches, can have one drop of coffee this week. Not one. Shane, if you see anybody that you know plays offense or coaches offense, send them out. 
put a picture of the roster up and, you know, I'm sorry, sir. You cannot be served. No coffee for you. Incredible how bad they were. Yeah, it was bad. It was. They turned over six times. I'm trying to think if you ranked them like all time, at least in my lifetime, Mississippi State offensive performances. It's, it's top five. Are you, are you ready for this? I'm pretty sure I saw this. That in the three to two game, State had like 350 yards of offense. Yeah, they missed what two field goals. I mean, they just this this game was worse. And in the six, this picks, game might have been worse than any Croom era offense. The game. six picks, of course, make you think of uh, uh, of Henning. Yeah, they moved the ball in that game too a little bit. Yeah, so. I think I saw too that this was State's best uh, defensive performance. Well, that makes it even in better. A, right? it, well, I'm saying in an SEC game mm-hmm. since the Croom era, it was against yeah. like Vandy in 2008. I can believe that. Something like that. That's hard to believe with the 2018 team that they didn't slow somebody else down like that. But football. I, I think they did in non-con. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they had some footballs. Probably averages. Now. It yeah. was, but football's just different. Yeah. Than what it was 10 years ago. So. Um, but no coffee for the offense. Uh, I didn't really think nationally there was anything that stood out to me as just embarrassing. So let's double up on the SEC, shall we? I got two guys first here. They they get no coffee. Bo Pelini and Todd Grantham. No coffee for either one of these guys. And I saw Pelini. I saw that. That's a great picture. Whoever took that uh, of him, just like I mean that that's that's the sound. That's the picture like of a dad whose daughter just came home and she's pregnant. At, with somebody, and she's not really sure who the dad is. I haven't seen the picture. So oh, I, it's incredible. Yeah. I'll show it to you. Um, so there's that. And then Todd Grantham. Boy, third and Grantham has come home to roost at Florida. I thought that Ole Miss just piled up a bunch of garbage yards on Florida because they were – maybe not. They can't stop anybody. And those two guys have more four- and five-star talent than just about anyone in the country outside of Georgia and Alabama. And they can't stop anybody. Richard told me, you know, Richard Cross said he thought Florida was a real national title. No chance. No chance of that with that defense. They couldn't get one stop. And Pelini, I mean, think about, you know, Terrace Marshall had like 230 yards receiving. If he hasn't, if he's like has a decent day, you guys 125 yards receiving, they lose by like three touchdowns. Again, Mississippi State. If State doesn't turn the ball over four times, LSU loses by like 28. Yep. How is this even possible? That. I know they lost players. I get that. But they have recruited in the top five the last decade. It says that defense is better than last year's. That's one of the biggest coach speak lies of all time. Of all time. <laughs> I mean, he just straight up lied. It's, it's, it's not, 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 you know, he lied. That's awful. They are really bad. And, and they play each other this week. That should be an exciting football game, if nothing else. What time is it? Is that the night game? We get to, I guess we'll get to see that. That's a uh, or is that the two thirty game? I don't know, but no two thirty. No, no. It's an ESPN game because they kept promoing it. It's the early game because yeah, the, Georgia Alabama is the night game. They're playing that's right on CBS. But yeah, that should be an exciting game because ain't nobody can stop anyone in that game. That game should finish like fifty five fifty four. So DVR that, and then staying in the SEC, and you know I'm going to enjoy this, but the officiating. I mean, come once again. If that was Sam Pittman. I'd be so mad. I would lose my... I, that's why I couldn't be a coach. Because I would punch an official. <laughs> be like, basically what you're saying is, you know you screwed up, but you can't fix it. There just needs to be a bit, the ability to do that. Like, we screwed up, we fixed it. Arkansas should have won the football game. But instead, Auburn wins, Auburn wins the football game. It's not Auburn Jesus. It's Auburn Satan. All right? They made a deal with the devil. Auburn should be... They should be one and two 
and you know, instead they're two and one. They they have no business winning that game. Arkansas did everything they could. They're a lot better, by the way. Arkansas. And they play Ole Miss this week. I'm very interested in that game. Yeah. Because Arkansas has played, they've played well, but they're like not really good on either side of the ball. They're pretty good defensively, but they're not great. Ole Miss is fantastic offensively, but they can't stop thinking about things. Never mind doing them on defense. I'm pretty sure like sheer force of will would gain a yard on the Ole Miss defense. So that game is interesting to me. But they're officiating. It's just so bad. Every year. Every year. How can this not be corrected? There just needs to be a, a new thing. It just needs to be a new thing with like where they're like, we screwed up, but technically by the rules we can't fix it. No, no longer. We screwed up. That's it. We'll change it. Change the victory? Well, like, not change the victory. No, no, no. But just on the field. Like the, the official went to the to pit oh, and yeah. was like, <laughs> we, 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 you're, you're right, but we because of what we did, we can't change it. No, it needs to be you're right. So we are just so we are going. Everybody knows that Arkansas recovered the ball. Yes, just give them the ball. Yeah, as simple as that. No, no coffee. You know what? It's not like SEC officials ever deserved coffee, but this week, this week if they get coffee, somebody pee in it. That's what you, they need to do. Sorry. <laughs> It's our new, it's our new blend, sir. Natural, natural blend. All right. Cream, sugar, urine. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll do our picks, which I, we're still even on. No, there were no differences this week. I think we both missed a bunch, but we both missed our doubler. Yeah. So it doesn't matter though, because we both missed it. So we both took LSU, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll get back to that, and then we'll talk about some other stuff as it happens. I guess we're going to go before or after Leach? Uh, before, because tomorrow's game one of the NLCS, so. Say no more. All right, guys, have a great uh, Sunday and Monday. I'll be back with you on Tuesday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.